Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is an audio recording of the sermon that I delivered on March 3rd. March 3rd was our second midweek Lenten service, and I shared with you all a sermon on the ways that Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. That famous phrase that we hear in the Gospels, and that, as I talk about in my sermon, gets misused sometimes. Uh, So this is, you know, all about the ways that Jesus will call us and it invites us to maybe change or adjust our thinking or let go. Uh, I tried to make it really practical and really specific for your daily life, so I hope it has that effect. I hope it's helpful and just uh, inviting you to examine your life and the ways that you're following Jesus. Again, this is part of our midweek Lenten services. That's why you're getting this podcast recording on a Friday. Wow, bonus episodes this week. Good week. Uh, And just let me say, as always, thanks so much for listening to these podcasts, for sharing them with family and friends. We're really excited about the ways um, that Bethany is able to support many people in their faith journey and in their faith walk with free audio recordings like this. So please continue to share those, continue to tell people about the podcast. Um, It's all about sharing the good news of Jesus with as many people as possible. But now it's time to get to the sermon. Here it is, a sermon from March 3rd. So I say that this is the gospel of the Lord, right? Which means the good news of God. But those last lines didn't necessarily sound like all that good news. This often happens with the way that our gospel passages are broken up. They sometimes end in these really dark places with Jesus saying that he will be, uh, ignore this adulterous and sinful generation. (sighs) What are we to do? Do we respond with thanks be to God when Jesus says something that hard and that convicting? It's like that phrase we heard earlier in the gospel too, where Jesus says, you must take up your cross and follow me. It's a phrase that we might be pretty familiar with. It gets thrown around a lot in church circles, and we probably think of it as good news, even though it's really hard to hear. Take up your cross and follow me. One of the things I've noticed about that phrase, too, is that it tends to get a little bit misused, I think. We often use that phrase in order to justify having to do hard things. You'll hear someone say, like, oh, it's just my cross to carry, as if it's our job to just carry burdens all day long because Jesus asks us to. Well, yes and no. We have to be careful about how we look at it because I think when you really dig into what Jesus is saying here, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. We have this American mindset. We talk about in America about how we're self-made people and we will pull up our bootstraps and keep going. And so we take these words of Jesus and kind of slot them into that same mindset. We'll just take up our cross and follow Jesus no matter where he calls us to go. Again, yes and no. What we need to remember is the situation that these words from Jesus comes on the heels of. Whenever you're interpreting scripture, it's always very helpful to look at what comes before it and what comes after it, and to not just focus on one little line, because oftentimes the context helps us better understand what Jesus might have been trying to get at. And I think that's certainly the case here with our gospel reading tonight, because what Jesus said, when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, 
it's coming immediately after Jesus gets in this argument with his disciple Peter. Jesus had been saying to his disciples that he was to go and suffer at the hands of the authorities and be killed and three days later rise again. Jesus is explaining to his disciples his understanding of his mission. He's telling them that in order to save humanity, he is willing to go and die for humanity, to be rejected by everyone and to suffer and to die. And Peter hears all of this. Peter hears all of this and thinks to himself, that doesn't quite fit with the way I imagined it. You see, in those days, the understanding of the Messiah was actually pretty clear and cut and dry. Within Judaism in that time period, the Messiah was understood to be the great military leader who would restore Israel. So more than likely, this is what Peter had in mind for Jesus' mission, for what the Messiah would do. The Messiah would come and would conquer the Roman oppressors and would then restore Israel to prominence in the world. That's what Peter has in mind. And so when he hears Jesus saying, hey, I have to go and be rejected by every authority and die, Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, hey, Jesus, that's not the way that I had imagined it. It's not going to happen that way, all right, right? And then Jesus rebukes Peter's rebuke. That's what the scripture says. Jesus rebukes Peter because Jesus has a totally different vision for what it means to be the Messiah. This is the context the setup for Jesus saying those famous words, take up your cross and follow me. Only you might have missed the little phrase that actually comes before all of that. Jesus says, first, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. When you look at it that way, and you keep in mind what Peter had just said to him moments before, it suddenly all starts to make some real chronological, logical sense. Peter has his own vision for what the Messiah will be like and what the Messiah will do. And it's not what Jesus is setting out to do. And Jesus is telling Peter and telling all of us, sometimes there will come moments where we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. Sometimes we will have to let go of old ideas, of old understandings, of old assumptions in order to follow Jesus. And one more piece too that we have to keep in mind when we think about the context of all of these words that we're studying tonight. Jesus says, take up your cross. And, and in this day and age, we think of the cross as, yeah, that, that thing in church that's all over the church buildings. The cross is often a really nice piece of jewelry around our neck or in our ears or somewhere else. It's the decal on our car. But in Jesus's day, the cross meant one thing and one thing only. The cross was the means by which the Romans crucified those who rejected Rome. When Jesus says, take up your cross, it is a clear indication of a death taking place. Jesus was saying, you see, to, to Peter and to you and me this night as well, that there are going to come times in our life of faith in our quest to follow Jesus and be his disciples, there are going to come times when we have to die to ourselves, when we have to die to an old way of thinking, when we have to let go to the way we thought it was going to work and rather 
trust and follow Jesus, wherever that might lead, whatever that might look like. I was thinking about my own walk of faith in preparation for these words tonight, and I wanted to share with you um, some adjustments that have taken place within me over the course of my faith journey as I've become more and more committed to this following of Jesus. Uh, I say these not so that you can think, oh, what a good disciple he is, uh, because I still have a long way to go, just like all of us, but to kind of point out some of these shifts that might need to take place within our thinking within our own self-understanding, some of the ways that this taking up our cross can play out. So here we go, I I gotta look at my list to make sure I get this all in order. I am the type of person who all throughout my life, I loved accomplishing things. I, you know, I loved collecting stuff, right, and completing the collection, but I also loved accomplishing things, getting stuff done, and, and getting the recognition for it. Oh my gosh, on field day in elementary school, when they would hand me those ribbons, they went immediately on my bulletin board in my room. And if I ever was fortunate enough to get one of those fancy certificates that said I did okay on one of the standardized tests, those went on my bulletin board in my room as well. I loved getting the recognition and the applause and the attention. I'm a middle child, in case you didn't know that already, and so the middle child often gets caught in between the oldest and the youngest, so I went and worked for attention and recognition anywhere I could find it. But in the course of following Jesus and really trying to live out my life as a disciple of Jesus, I've found that I've needed to let go of a lot of that, that the life of faith isn't about being successful, The life of faith isn't about getting ribbons or certificates or awards or applause. The life of faith is about being faithful. It was a real adjustment, especially early on in my ministry as a pastor, when I didn't understand why they didn't talk about me all the time in the synod newsletter, why people on the church council weren't overjoyed with all the work I was doing. Eventually, I had a mentor pull me aside and say to me, Nate, the point isn't to be successful. It's to be faithful. What a powerful message for us to take hold of and understand. I don't know if that's your problem in your life, but it was in mine. I had to let that part of myself die in order to more fully follow Jesus. To not worry about recognition or awards or accomplishments, but to rather worry about caring for God's people and loving God's people and faithfully doing the job that God had called me to do. Oh, but wait. There's more ways that I've kind of messed up over the years. How about this? I'm also the type of person who has constantly throughout my life just loved to be entertained. Oh my gosh, just entertain me. Don't ever let me be bored. No way. I love this new technological revolution where I can pull out my phone and I can read a book and I can watch a movie and I can play a game right here while I'm waiting in line at CVS. What a world we live in. But I've also noticed and learned that it's not good to just constantly be distracting and entertaining yourself. I lived in that frantic pace for a long time, but in following Jesus, I've learned to see that simple moments are often the places where God shows up and breaks in. Not only that, but that God's actually present in every moment of every day. And if you've just got your head down on your cell phone the whole time, you might miss it. I've had to let that part of myself die, this part of me that thinks everything has to be entertaining and exciting, and let that go. And in so doing, I've learned to see 
that God's in the simple moments and that, in fact, some of the simplest moments are often some of the most beautiful and powerful moments of God's presence. Additionally, in my walk of faith, in my growing and in my learning, I've had to adjust my expectations and, and, and think about what it is that I actually care about. Growing up, I led a really charmed life. I had a great childhood. Hi, Mom and Dad, if you're watching, thanks a lot. You did a really good job. And I never realized how blessed I was. <laughs> my blessings allowed me to just kind of live in isolation. Everything's fine. Who cares what's going on around the world because I've got three meals a day and a roof over my head. That often was how I approached a lot of things. But over the course of following Jesus, I've learned and begun to see that Jesus calls us to care deeply about those who are less fortunate than us. Jesus' ministry seemed to constantly be focused on those who were most vulnerable in society. And as I've sat with that knowledge and learned from Jesus more and more about where my heart should lie, it's completely changed the way I've looked at my life and at the world. I'm deeply concerned and deeply aware of what's going on in my city and in my country and in my world because I think that's part of my role as a disciple of Jesus, is to hear about the places where justice is falling short, is to know about the ways that equality is not happening, and then to try and find whatever way I can work to help make that better. Because of following Jesus, I've had to let go of the comfort and the isolation that I used to live in and instead broaden my mind and my worldview. I've had to open myself up to the ways that God might be calling me to do something about the many needs that exist within our world. Again, I'm sharing all of this with you tonight, not so that you can give me some award about how much I've accomplished, because again, that's not ever the point. I still have a long way to go and a lot to learn. But I think all of this just illustrates and shows us the ways that when we follow Jesus, it often results in you changing your perspective completely. You have to let go of some assumptions that you had, let go of some ideas that you had, and simply trust that Jesus is leading you into a better way. If I had to think about a specific analogy for you to kind of bring this all home, I want to tell you about when I was growing up as a kid, we'd, we'd go to the beach a lot. We, uh, the Jersey Shore was nearby. We had a connection so that we had a house that we could stay at. We did this a couple of summers in my youth. And I loved going to the ocean and to the beach and just kind of like sitting in the sand. And what I would do is I was always mesmerized as an eight, nine-year-old of the ways that sand would like fall through your fingers and, and how it was, you know, kind of amorphous and hard to get a hold of. And I learned growing up in all my experimentation with sand about how you can't grab onto it with fists. If you try and pick up a fistful of sand and hold it like this, it just all falls out the bottom. If you want to have a big handful of sand, the way you have to do it is you have to scoop it up like this and hold it in your hands loosely. I think that's what it means to follow Jesus, is that we have to hold our self-identity, our assumptions loosely so that Jesus can lead and we can follow. If we try and hold on to our way of life like this, we're going to lose it some way. We're going to get off course. If we try to be firmly committed to our way of reading the Bible and our assumptions about this being right and that being wrong, we might miss something along the way. Jesus is constantly calling us to hold our blessings loosely, 
to hold our way of life loosely so that Jesus and the Holy Spirit can get in and guide us. We have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. Those famous words clearly end with the following of Jesus. We have to hold it all loosely so that Jesus can lead. It's not always easy to do this. I'm sure Peter felt pretty embarrassed and pretty confused when Jesus rebuked him. But what we also need to remember about all the things that Jesus said, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, but remember also in the Gospels, Jesus says, I came so that you may have life and life abundantly. All these changes that I went through in my life, all these adjustments, they were hard. They were transitions, and I'm still working on a lot of them. But I wouldn't have it any other way either. Jesus came so that we can have an abundant, whole, and full life. When we try and control and hold on to everything and always have it our way, that's not the way that God created us to live. Jesus has something so much better in mind for each and every one of us. Peter had a really narrow understanding of what the Messiah was going to be like, but Jesus' understanding of the Messiah's mission was so much better. And so in this journey of faith, as we think about taking up our cross, it's not going to be easy. It'll be downright uncomfortable at times, but it's the best way to live. I've yet to meet the Christian who's come along and fully committed their life to following Jesus and then hear them say, I deeply regret this decision. Yeah, it wasn't always easy. It was probably really hard, but it's the abundant way of life that Jesus is inviting us into. So this Lenten season, I invite you to hold your blessings loosely, to, to take a step back once in a while and look at your assumptions about your way of life and see how Jesus might be calling you to make a slight change and realize that that call from Jesus, as difficult and uncomfortable as it might be, it's the only way to live. It's the way God created us to live. It's the path to an abundant life. Amen.